0: everybody welcome to our time together here at the Digital Cathedral I want to welcome all of you from across the country the United States of America as well as from around the world and if this is your first Sunday with us here at the Digital Cathedral we want to give you a special welcome and glad that you're with us and hope that you'll be with us every week if you're brand new at the Digital Cathedral maybe you have not joined the Don Keithley ministry page on Facebook That's where we do the Wednesday night secret place and we take the Sunday morning teaching, we break it down a little bit more and talk about it on some different levels. So if you have not done that, come on over and join the Don Keithley ministry page on Facebook. It's a private group. You can share all you like to share, ask questions without fear of uh, anybody jumping you, condemning you or trolling through that page. We just don't allow that kind of thing. So just wanted to let you know. All right, this morning we're on part four of our little series called You Are a Creator. I hope that you're finding this extremely helpful, beneficial in the journey that you're learning uh, how to walk in that will enable you to create the reality that you live in yourself, amen? All right. I want to kick it off this morning with a passage of scripture from 2nd Corinthians chapter 12 and i want to read verses uh, 2, 3, 4, and 5. I think Paul's talking about himself in this passage, he just says, I knew a man, (laughs) I knew a man. I think he's, he's really talking about himself, but he doesn't want to shine into light, make himself look like he's something that he's not. So he just says, I knew a man. It's kind of like Facebook when you ask a question and you say I'm asking for a friend you don't want to let everybody know that's really you asking the question Paul says this he said I know a man in Christ who fourteen years ago whether in the body I do not know or whether out of the body I don't know God knows such a one was caught up in the third heaven and I know such a man whether in the body or out of the body I don't know but God knows he repeats himself but he was caught up into the paradise and heard inexpressible words, which are not lawful for man to utter. Of such a one, I will not boast yet of myself. I will not boast except in my infirmities. I think that's a that's a fascinating passage of scripture. And I wondered about it for a long time. It never, I could never really get what Paul was getting at. But I think in light of what's taking place within the body of Christ today, we can see what Paul was saying I think we can see it coming to light and fruition in the day that we live in. What's going on is this. There's actually a merging of two dimensions going on right now. Paul was merging two dimensions. There's a, there's a there's a merging of the seen, the unseen, the visible, the invisible, the spirit and the natural. We're seeing two become one. And what's taking place Slowly but surely is that you and I are learning to function in both dimensions with equal ease There's coming a day and it's right at the door. It's knocking. It's coming in when you're going to be able to function in the unseen the invisible as Easily as you function in this arena of seeing that you've been conditioning groomed to all of your life Jesus was highly developed in both. I'm not sure Jesus was even conscious of the times that he went from one dimension to the other. But when he performed a miracle, when he fed uh, 20,000 people with five loaves and two fish, I'm not sure that Jesus knew just exactly how he was functioning in that, but he was moving from one realm to the other. So we're coming to realize that the unseen is not some distant, far off, yonder place it's simply another frequency that your spirit is able to tap into and you are a spirit we're realizing that today we are spirits we're not flesh people we're spirits that are having a human experience so we're learning how to merge and function in these two two realms as they become one it's it's kind of like the radio in your car we all have a radio and i would assume that your radio is able to get both am and FM with equal ease I mean, in my car. It's just pushing a button. I can push AM FM and most of us today have a third option. We can get Cirrus radio so you can you can function between different frequencies, different vibrations with just the push of a button. And so it is in living today. I think we're, we're coming into a place where we're able to just with ease move from the AM to the FM. We've been talking about four spiritual connectors that enable us to become creators in this world, in this life. And what I'm learning is that I don't have to pray about my future. I can create it. So we've been talking about, and this is message four, teaching four on how to do that. We've talked about four spiritual connectors that you have that are all invisible you possess. They're like tools in a toolbox. You can pull them out. You can function with them at any time. We've been talking so far about thoughts, imaginations, and we're gonna talk about the third one today. Thoughts, imaginations, you can't see those, but they're real, they have a profound effect on the, on the natural world that you live in. All four of these connectors are at the disposal and they're at the command of your divine nature, your, your, your um, Christ consciousness. The the fact that you are a partaker of the divine nature gives you entryway into being a creator. I want to look at several passages of scripture today as we begin to talk a little bit more about this third dimension, which I'll introduce to you in just a minute. But I want you to see Jesus. We just saw Paul functioning in two dimensions. I want you to see Jesus also functioning in two dimensions at the same time. So let's come over to Matthew chapter 17 and we'll start to unfold some of this. And I think what we have to say today is gonna be extremely beneficial and helpful to those of you that are wanting to be a creator. So let's look at Matthew chapter 17 and let's pick it up with verse one. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, and he led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before him, before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them talking with Jesus." Now this is phenomenal. Um, How did they know it was Moses and Elijah? They'd never seen them before. Matthew that wrote the gospel never saw them before. They knew it by the spirit. They were functioning in two realms. I don't wanna get into it. I don't wanna chase a rabbit trail, but here's a prime example of speaking to those that have gone on before us. The cloud of witnesses is another example. There's a lot of examples in scripture, but I think this one is pretty obvious that Moses and Elijah appeared before them and they observed him talking to Jesus. And while he was yet speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them and suddenly a voice came out of heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. All right, so what's the point of that passage? We see four men, Jesus, Peter, James and John, actually shifting consciousnesses, coming to a place where they could see the invisible. I guess we could look at in reverse. We're seeing Moses and Elijah now coming from the unseen to the seen. This isn't a switch that you just flip, but it comes with the realization and the growing awareness that you are a spirit and you can function in the dimension of the spirit. You're a spirit. You are pure spirit. If Jesus could do it, we just read Paul could do it. Peter, James and John functioned in it. Why can't you and I function in it as well? This isn't hokey, it's not flaky, it's not Casper the friendly ghost. Its function is just on a level that is your home. You are spirit, always have been spirit. You are spirit today and you always will be spirit. Now there are those forces that push against us from walking in that dimension and those, like your ego, your five physical senses, your soulish realm, your mind, your will, and your emotions. They're used to controlling your life. They're used to calling the shots. They're used to telling you what is reality and what is not reality, and you're highly developed in those, highly developed. Both your thoughts and your imaginations have an ease in transcending or moving above the five senses. Going beyond your mind. Uh, Your your, your thoughts and your imaginations can go way beyond what your five physical senses would tell you is reality. Now the, the, the last two connectors we're gonna get into, it's a little bit more tricky, it's a little bit more difficult. So today I wanna look at the third visible to invisible connector that is essential in this creative process. And when I'm done today I hope that we'll have laid another brick in this wall that will help you to see that you really are a creator. Just, now just to make sure we're, we're, we're going in the same direction. You start the creative process with a thought, a specific thought. That's, that's how the father did it. The father said, let us specific thought, let us make man. And then he used his imagination and said, let him have dominion over the fish. And he, he drew out exactly the dimensions and the authority and the power that the man would have. And then it wasn't until Genesis chapter two that we actually see the man becoming visible. Jesus worked this same pattern time after time. Starts with a thought. The picture is built in the imagination. And then we come to this third third connector, which I call the heart. Now, you you might call it the the spirit man. You might call it the hidden man of the heart. If you're a little bit more attuned to some uh, phrases today, you might call it your subconsciousness. I don't care what you call it. What I want you to see is the function that the heart has, the inner man, the subconsciousness. The heart is what I would call the womb of creation. The heart takes this fetus that the the imagination has drawn explicitly, that has been fed to it by a thought coming from the mind of Christ, which you have. Mind of Christ feeds a thought, the thought comes to the imagination, the imagination paints the picture. The imagination then deposits it like a seed into the heart, the womb, and like any womb, the job of the womb is to grow it, it's to mature it, it's to bring it to the point where it can be birthed. So it's where what you have imagined, what you have developed and defined and felt, the imagination comes and plants like a seed to grow, to mature, to get ready to enter into the birth canal that it can come into reality. So the subconsciousness or the heart is a little bit, um, I would say like the dark room in developing a picture. Let's just say the imagination is like the camera that, that snaps the picture of what the thought feeds to it. And the imagination, when it snaps the picture, it takes the picture explicitly. But then the imagination gives it to the to the subconsciousness, to the heart, and the heart is like the dark room. It takes it in and it develops it. It matures it. It becomes very settled on the inside of us as to what's taking place. In, in, in time, Uh, this thing that has been deposited in, in the womb, the five senses and the voice of reason are gonna try to abort it. I wanna prepare you for that. This is a stage that's very much open to giving up on it, forgetting it, casting it aside, moving on to something else. Logic and reason is going to come to try to abort the desired creation. They're gonna tell you it's impossible. It'll never happen. Who do you think you are that you think that you can create something like this? Um, I've had impatience work on me a lot of times and has aborted the thing that I was developing within. That's why I think Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says, to guard your heart with all diligence, because out of it flows the issues. The word issues means the parameters, the limits, the borders. Out of it flows the issues of the life that you're creating. So when we look at the life of Jesus, the greatest uh, potential abortion took place when Jesus was in the wilderness. The mind of Jesus tried to abort the new creation before it ever hit the planet. And I wanna look at that scripture. We're gonna look at three or four scriptures today to illustrate how how the heart works and how it functions to bring the creation to reality. So let's look at this over in Matthew chapter four in verse uh, one through 11. Gonna read several verses here. Just as a backdrop, in Matthew chapter three, verse 17, the thought came to Jesus at his baptism, when the father saw the baptism of Jesus, the clouds opened up and the father planted a thought in Jesus's mind. Remember, all creation starts with a thought. So the father plants the thought in the mind of Jesus and says, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Jesus takes that thought and his imagination begins to develop. What does that look like? How does that feel? What am I to birth as as a son that the father's well pleased in? So Jesus began in his, in his imagination to see that that involved the reconciliation of the entire cosmos. It, 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 it entailed providing salvation, wholeness, healing, soundness to all of creation. All of the dimensions that Jesus came to fulfill began to, to take place within the mind of Jesus. The redemption of mankind, the reconciliation, the salvation. And so Jesus began to form this in his imagination and then he deposited it into his heart. Now at this point, we pick it up in Matthew chapter four, and I want you to see what happens because this happens every single time that we're going to birth something. And I think these 11 verses, and you can disagree with me, but just humor me this morning. Let me make a few points of an observation about what took place in the wilderness with Jesus. And then when I'm done, if you want to go back to whatever you were thinking, that's fine. But let me just present an idea or two to you today that uh, took place in the wilderness when Jesus was being, what we call he was being tempted. Let's pick it up in verse one. We're going to read on just a little bit. It says and Jesus who uh, said, this is after the baptism thought planned into the mind of Jesus. You're my beloved son. Jesus develops that, understands what that entails, what it, what, Demands are going to be placed on him to fulfill that call as the son, the father's well pleased. And so Jesus in his imagination is creating this. Then as soon as that's done, he was led by the spirit into the wilderness. The wilderness is a place where you're all by yourself. And I will tell you, there are times that you're going to spend, that are going to be all by yourself. When you're coming through this creative process, you're beginning to think about the job you'd like to have, uh, the home you'd like to buy, the life you'd like to live. And as that's being formed, In your imagination and dropped into your heart as it's beginning to mature, there's gonna be a battle. There's gonna be a rage, probably a temptation to abandon it, to abort it, to get rid of it, to move on to something else. And that's what we see happening here. I believe in the life of Jesus. So Jesus led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. The word devil there means false accuser. Now just think with me for a minute. Where do all false accusations arise against you? In your mind. Your mind falsely accuses you. I think this this whole this whole thing took place within the mind of Jesus. I don't think for a minute that a little guy in a in a red suit with a long tail and a pitchfork came out and was trying to, to get at Jesus. I think Jesus was going through the creation process and there came a, a accusation three of them actually, that tried to talk him out of what he was about to do. So it says, and afterward Jesus was hungered after he fasted 40 days. And when the tempter came to Jesus and said, if you are the son of God, command these stones that they become bread. Now we we switch this from devil to tempter. Let me just ask you a question, is it possible? that when James chapter 1, verse 14 says that every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed, is it possible that Jesus was hungry? Is it possible that he was tempted to turn the stones into bread, that he was drawn away of his own lust and he was enticed? See, we've associated lust with sex. Doesn't it have really much to do with sex most of the time? Lust is just an inordinate desire that seeks fulfillment in a in a in a wrong way. It's a right desire that seeks fulfillment in a wrong way. So the right desire was hung, the guy was hungry, been had not eaten for forty days, but the wrong way to fulfill this was to turn the stones into bread. He needed to rely on the Father to meet his needs. The Father that started this work was going to complete it. So the 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 tempter, the tempter. We are tempted when we are drawn away of our own lust and entice. I think Jesus was simply drawn away to hurry up and get himself some food. He was looking for a Subway sandwich. I mean, he fasted 40 days. Then the next one says, and the devil, again, the false accuser. The false, false accusations arise within us. This whole thing is taking place within Jesus. False accuser takes him up to a holy city on the pinnacle of the temple and says, Here's the Here's the accusation. If you are the son of God, cast yourself down off of here, cuz you know the angels are going to catch you and protect you. Jesus was falsely accused about his identity. If you are the son of God, that that happened two times here. If you are the son, that was the false accusation. If he's falsely he was the son of God. You are a son of God. A false accusation would say if if you are a son of God didn't Why don't you do this? If you are a son of God, why are you waiting on this? Why doesn't it appear? How come it's not happening? It's all an attempt to abort the creation that is within. And then in verse eight, again, the the devil, the false accuser takes him up to an exceeding high mountain, shows him all the kingdoms of the world, and says, all these things I'll give you, all these kingdoms I'll give to you if you just bow down and worship me. What was the false accusation? If you are the son of God, I'm going to make a shortcut for you. I'm going to to enable you to fulfill God's plan and shortcut it. You don't have to go to the cross. You don't have to do what he's directing you to do. I'll help you out of this. Jesus answered and said, Away with you, Satan, adversary, oppressor. You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you worship. And then it says in verse 11, And then the devil, the false accuser, left him, And behold, angels came and ministered to him." Now, how do you think these angels ministered to him? Do you think they showed up, these little fat babies with wings, come flying in around Jesus and ministered to him? No, it's an internal strengthening, an an, an internal uh, uh, pat on the back, so to speak, for what Jesus had come through. Jesus kept the creation intact. was in his heart for 40 days. 40 days he went through the temptation. It was a challenge to his ability as a son to create the new creation for all of humanity and to finish the plan that the father sent him to create. Now, frankly, it was Jesus's choice which way he went in this. And when you begin to create, frankly, It's your choice as to which direction you're gonna go. Are you going to create the life you want or will you settle for something else? Your heart crockpots it. The the imagination feeds the seed, the photo, the undeveloped photo to the heart and the heart develops it. It crockpots it, it slow cooks it. Everything the imagination has planted, the heart grows until it is eventually overflowing in abundance. Now, there are some hindrances that you're gonna face to the heart's development of the seed of creation that imagination has planted. And I wanna run through some scripture on that. And then there are some accelerators of the the creation development within the heart. And I wanna give you and show you some scripture on that. So let's look at some things that inhibit, they slow down, they hinder the, uh, the, the creation process within the heart. Mark chapter four. Mark chapter 4. I told you I was going to read quite a bit of scripture today, and that's what I want to do. Mark chapter 4 and verse 13. Jesus said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all parables? All right, we're going to look at the parable of parables. And this this has totally to do with the development within the heart. It's the seed in the ground. But it has to do with, with uh, things that would be hindrances to the development of the creation within the heart. So this is the key to the heart. He's gonna tell us what aborts the full creation from reaching fruition within the womb. So let's read on with this. Verse 14, the sower sows the word. Now the sower into the heart or into the ground is the imagination. The imagination sows into the heart like the sower sows seed into the ground. Imagination deposits and the heart receives it, okay? So once the imagination hands it off, it then becomes the possession of the heart. Now let's let's look at what, what can happen. Remember, we're talking about things that can hinder the development within the heart. So verse 15, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown or where the vision is put. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their heart. So what what's going on here? Who is this? This is the person, let me make a simple illustration. This is the person that says, um, I'd like to be in business for myself. I've realized I'm never gonna get rich working for somebody else. I've come to the point where I understand trading time for money is not all that uh, Uh, all that good of a thing, so I'd like to be in business for myself. So he gives thought to the imagination. He begins to develop in his mind the kind of business that he would like to have. And he takes that and he plants it into his heart. All the details, including how he feels. He gives it to the heart. Then here comes logic. Here comes logic and reasoning and the five senses. And they immediately hit him, immediately. And they say to him, This was never gonna happen for you. This is impossible. This is mission impossible. Everything you've done in life has failed. There's too many obstacles to this. So you know what he does? He says, you're right. And he gives up immediately. The the, 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 the devil, the false accuser, the adversary comes and he gives up. He he hands it over. He aborts it. The, The fruit of the creation that was in the womb is now gone. There's nothing that is left. The soul met no resistance. The adversary met no resistance. You agreed with the adversary, in fact, and you handed it over to him. That's exactly what's happening in in this 15th verse of chapter four. These are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear it, the adversary, comes immediately and takes away. And how does he do it? By saying it can't happen, it'll never be for you. All right, let's read on, here's some more. These all inhibit, these these are wanting to steal it from you. Let's read on, verse 16. These likewise are the ones sown on the stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately receive with gladness, but they have no root in themselves, and so enduring for a time afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises, for the sake of the word, or for the sake of the imagination that has been planted, the hope of creation that has been planted, immediately they stumble. They stumble. So, what's going on here? These are the people, these are the ones get all excited, man. They get all excited, all pumped up, all jacked up. We're going to do this thing. We're going to see it all the way through, but they don't let the creative idea take root. They don't give it time to crock pot. They don't give it time to mature. And so at, there's so there's push from outside. You tell people about what, what the creation, what you're, what you're wanting to do, what you're holding dear to your heart, and people discourage you. They tell you it's not gonna happen. You need money to do that kind of thing. You, you, need, a, you need to go to college. You can't do that without an education. You can't do that without training. And so what the scripture calls tribulation and persecution which is really an external pushback. It comes from the outside and you receive it on the inside. You receive what you're carrying on the inside from the tribulation, the persecution, the pushback that comes from the outside. And so you become upset. In fact, it says you become offended for the sake of the creation or the imagination that has been planted into your heart. It offends you now. who needs this? You throw your hands up and you walk away. You give it up. You give it up. All right, now let's read out because there's another inhibitor. Verse 18. Now, these are the ones that are sown among thorns, the ones who hear the word, but the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desire of other things entering in, in they choke the vision, choke the creation, choke what the imagination has given, and it becomes unfruitful. I've done this so many times cares of the world loss of riches cares of you know all the other stuff that's going on fires jumping up all around you that you got to work on and put out you become distracted by other things that jump up in front of you and so you you find yourself running from fire to fire you're running from thing to thing you're easily pulled off to the next the next problem the next adversity the next good idea I've seen people pulled off from one, Thing they want to create to the next thing. It's like they're looking for the next hot thing that they can get in on. That's gonna that's gonna enable them. Maybe it's you know get rich quick schemes. You don't have to worry too long about this. It's just gonna happen to you overnight. We call that the cares of the world. You 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 jump out out of the the creative boat. You jump out of the creative mode, and you tend to let all of the noise. All of the things, all the static that's going on around you, swirling around you, and so you get caught up in life. You get caught up in so many other things. You don't spend time meditating. You don't spend time letting this grow. You don't spend time letting it get a grip of you, tell you, you know that you know that you know, which is a needed step of the heart. There comes a time in the heart, I can tell you from experience, that what you're seeking to create, you just know that you know that you know that it's gonna happen that it's going to be that way and that's what that's the job of the heart is to bring you to that place now it says in verse 20 we jump out of the inhibitors in verse 20 but these are those that are sown on good ground such as hear the word they hear the vision they hear the creation they accept it they accept it and they bear fruit some 30 some 60 some 100 fold. So they accept what the imagination has planted. They nurture it. They don't give up on it. They push through everything that is around them. They see it to the end and it produces 30, 60 or 100 fold. And I think I think the uh, amount of production depends on how you've watered it, how you've developed it, how you fertilized it. Uh, you know, the, the diet you as the carrier in your heart ate spiritually how good it was was formed within you. So those are some things that I want you to be aware of as we walk through this, because some of you are gonna get real pumped up about this, you're gonna get real encouraged, you're gonna get an idea, you're gonna feed it to your imagination, you're gonna draw the picture, you're gonna feed it into your heart, and all of a sudden you're gonna find you're meeting opposition. And there to be a lot of you going, what that Keith Lee guy was teaching, that doesn't work, doesn't work for me. It's because you've missed this step of the heart. In due season, you'll reap if you don't faint. If you don't get pulled off by other things, you will reap the harvest. It will come to fruition. The things that you think will manifest. The the imaginative pictures that you draw, they will come about. But it's important that you let the heart take its place. You let the heart do its thing. You let the heart bring it to completion. Those are things that stop the heart. Now let's look at some accelerators. Let's look at some things that can increase the quality and the perfection of the creation that I am is carrying. Luke chapter one, Luke chapter one. I've tried to use familiar stories so you don't have to think about the story. Uh, You can just listen to the principles that are in here. Luke chapter one, let's talk about some hard accelerators. I get excited about the accelerators. I get excited about those things that really start to work, all right? So look, look at here. Luke chapter one, verse 31. You know the story, the angel comes to Mary, says, Mary, you're gonna have a boy. He's gonna name Jesus, gonna save the world from its sin. And she says in verse 31, or the angel says in verse 31, behold, you will conceive in your womb. You'll conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus. The angel's planning a thought right there. Do you see that? All right, it starts the, pro- this process, is viewed through scripture time after time after time. Here's the thought, verse 31, plain as plain as can be. You will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus. Now what's the next step? She begins to imagine this, verse 32. And he will be great and be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom, there will be no end. Now she's getting a picture of how this thing's gonna look. She's getting a picture of what this boy's gonna accomplish. And she's starting to get excited. So now what happens? The logic pushes back. The soul comes into play, the will, the questioning, the senses go, how can this be? And she says in verse 34, the angel said, how can this be since I don't know a man? That's logic, that's reasoning. It always happens, always happens. So in verse 35, he defines the imagination. He defines it down a little bit. Verse 35, the angel answered and said, the Holy one will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy one who is to be born will be called the son of God. He's drawn imagination. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative has also conceived a son in her old age and is now in the sixth month for her, who was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. Now he's just blowing her imagination wide open. He has shown her more explicitly the picture. Now she gets it. She said, I see it. So in verse 38, she says this: Behold the maid, maid servant of the Lord let it be to me according to the word, according to the imagination, according to the thought that was, that was just drawn out for me, very explicitly in imagination. So be it unto me according to that word. And the angel departed from her. Now, as soon as Mary said that, as soon as Mary came into agreement with it, I'll tell you what, that baby was as good as born. She passed through those things that would try to inhibit the growth within her heart, the growth within the womb. Now, what accelerates and perfects the creation is accepting the creation without question and giving it time to come to a full gestation period. I think I read where the gestation period of an elephant is like 21 months, but the gestation period of a squirrel or a cat, I think is about 30 days. So there's different gestation periods. I can't tell you how long the gestation period's gonna be, but I can tell you this, When the thought is exact, when the imagination draws the picture and the feelings and the emotion that goes with it and is deposited in the womb and it grows and it hits the accelerators. I'm telling you something, that creation that you carry within you that will create your reality, it will come to pass. It will come to pass. And you will, the the, the step over the line is when you know that you know that you know. Then you just rest and watch it. Abraham reached that point in uh, Romans chapter 4. Remember all that God went through with with Abraham to get this uh vision into him. Finally, it's Abraham says this in the 4th chapter and the the, uh, the 21st verse, and being fully convinced that what God had promised, what the word was, what the imagination was, being fully convinced that what he promised he was able to perform. At that point, you would never talk Abraham out of it. He had it. He grasped it. He was ready to give birth to the vision. Now, let me just draw one more for you. Maybe two more, real quick. Joshua chapter one. I think I might have hit, hit Joshua before, but it's it works so well. Let me just uh, let me just hit it for you one more time. Stay with me now. Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. We're talking about the heart, the womb of creation, the place where it's necessary for this whole thing to develop and to grow within. So let's look at the pattern, thought, imagination, heart, and then the fruition, the words that are spoken. Joshua chapter one, verse one. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the servant of Nun, and said, Moses' servant saying, verse two, Moses, my servant is dead. Right, he's gonna begin to play a thought within Joshua. Here's the thought, verse two. Therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and the people to the land which I am giving them, the children of Israel. There's the thought. The thought is, Josh, Josh, Moses is dead. Now here's what I want you to do, here's the thought. I want you to go over Jordan, take the people and possess the land that I'm giving to them. Now he starts to work the imagination. From verses three to seven, the imagination of Joshua comes into play. So let's read that. Verse 3. Watch it, watch it grow. Get a drink. Verse 3. Here's the imagination part. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. So Joshua's starting to see this. From the wilderness of uh, and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, the land of the Hittites, the great sea toward the going down to the sun shall be your territory. He's beginning to see it. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. So jo- so Joshua now gets the picture and gets the confidence. God's with him in this whole thing. So that fills, that's starting to fill the picture in. Be strong and have good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to the fathers to give them. Imagination, verse seven, imagination, be strong, be courageous, that you may deserve to do everything that that's in the, the, the word which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Don't turn to the right, don't turn to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. So he's planting vision in him in this entire time. He gives him the thought, here's what I want you to do. Then he Then he builds the picture. Now, all right, here's how it's going to mature. Verse eight, it's down into the heart of Josh now. Verse eight, this book of the law or the word of God, the the, the seed that's been planted shall not depart from your mouth. It's not going to come out your mouth. It's not going to depart from your mouth. You're not going to speak it yet. This is so important because we tend to jump to the fourth one, which is words. We'll get to that next week. But he said, don't let it depart from your mouth but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do all that is according to written for then you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. So what's he saying? He say, in your heart, I want you to let this thing grow. Ponder it, meditate it, turn it over and over and over. Chew it like a cow, it does its cud because when it when it comes to abundance, you're gonna make your way, pr- you, do you get that? You, you'll make your way prosperous And you will have good success. God didn't say, I'm going to make you prosperous. God didn't say, I'm going to to make you a good success. He says, you'll have good success and you'll prosper if you let it grow through the meditation. So we see the thought, the imagination dropped into the heart of Joshua and he expands on it. See, Until you are convinced it is so and it will be. That's how long it needs to stay in the heart until you, let me say it like this, until you and the creation become one. The things that I have created using this process I'm telling you about, there was a point when it was just me. It was like my word became flesh. It just attached itself to me. You mature it, you grow it by meditation on it. and, And just like Mary did, you ponder it in your heart. She pondered these things in her heart. She let it grow. Joshua meditated on it day and night. Alright, one more, one more. Psalm chapter one. I'm trying to I'm trying to let you see that what I'm teaching you is all over scripture. It's not just something I made up. I've not read it anywhere. I've not seen it put together the way I'm teaching you. This is the way I got it when I needed to, to do a, a creative thing in my body, in my heart. And I've given you that testimony before. When I, when I needed to to have something take place. This is the process I feel that I came through. I didn't recognize it fully at the time, but when I look back, I could see exactly how the Father did it. A creative miracle. Now watch this. <clears throat> Psalm chapter 1. Let me read the first three verses. Blessed is the man that does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly nor stand in the in the path of sinners nor sit in the seat of the scornful. Okay, this is important. In creation, you don't want to hang around negative people. Stay away from the the scoffers, stay away from the doubters, stay away from the naysayers. They are not gonna help you create. They're gonna be the ones that help you to abort the creation. You don't need to be around that stuff. They will talk you into leaving the creation that you have developed inside of you. Now here's what you do but his delight is in the law or in the word, in the the thought that comes to you. And in that thought, he meditates day and night. He lets it grow, he lets it develop. Now here's here's the end product. He will be like a tree. When the scripture talks about trees, it's really talking about people. That's, That's just a metaphor. And he shall be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water, always fed nutrients, always fed life, always fed everything that he needs, that brings forth its fruit, its creation in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. There's no death, there's no negativity there, and whatever he does shall prosper. So this tree that's planted by the river is full of life. It, it has a continual flow of nutrients. And notice what it says. It says meditate, see it done, live from the end product. That's what meditation does. Meditation gets you to the end of the result. It takes you to the Omega. You see it from the end. See, the father is the Alpha and the Omega. He always sees the beginning from the end. So when you're creating, that's how you want to see. You want to see the finished product. Then you're back here where it's not visible yet. And you live toward what you have seen already completed in your imagination. You got it? This supplies living water. It supplies everything you need. Everything that creation needs to grow and to mature. And look at the creation. Look at what happens here. It brings forth fruit in its season. It is very creative. Its leaves don't wither. There's no death in that life. There is absolutely no death in that tree. Creation comes forth exactly. It comes forth perfectly. As the thought, the imagination, as it's grown in the heart, it successfully will be birthed, all right? So here's the conclusion this morning. I'm done just a little bit quick. The thought originates what desire you want to create. you got to make the thought exacting. I'm going to say this stuff over and over and over again until it becomes part of your nature. What you wanna create starts with a thought. Everything you see came from what you don't see. Everything you see started with a thought. Everything that's in your life, this shirt, this this, uh, Bible, the shelves behind me, the books, everything started with a thought. That's how creation starts. And then the thought is fed into an imagination that draws and develops it in perfect detail. And the more perfect, the better and then it passes it to the heart. The heart accepts it. The heart has no mind, has no will of its own. It'll take whatever the imagination gives it. The job of the heart then is to resist any abortive attempts by the mind, the will, the emotions, the five senses, and to let it grow, let it develop, meditate on it, meditate, crock pot it, let it stew until there comes that day that you know, that you know, that you know that you and that creation are one, that it is so, that it shall shall happen. And then we're ready for number four, which we're gonna get into next week, which are words that we speak. Now I'm gonna surprise you about the words that we speak. I know a lot of you came from a Word and Faith background where confession was big. I've got some things to say about confession. I got some things to say about the end of the creative process, which are words that you speak. You can't see the words, but words carry tremendous power. Words are what delivers it from the womb. The words are like the OBGYN that delivers the baby. He catches the baby when it's birth. That's what words do. And then he began to explain exactly what is there already. All right, so we're gonna get into that next next week. You don't wanna miss the next week. Thoughts, imaginations, heart, and if you miss next week, you're gonna miss the bang, right? Because this is gonna complete the creation. And then we're gonna look at this in its fullness, the week after that, And then weeks, I've got so much to say about imagination. I got so much to say about all of these. I'm trying to bring you along a progressive step, one at a time, so that when we're done with this, I'm gonna challenge you. In two weeks, I'm gonna challenge you to test what I've taught. I want you to test it and see if it's not so. If it does not work for you, it works for me. And it's not that difficult. It's not that difficult. You don't need a seminary degree. You don't need a PhD degree. You don't need to be a rocket scientist. God made this very simple so that we all can create the reality that we desire to live. So let's look at it a little closer next week. Wednesday night, don't forget, we have The Secret Place, seven o'clock central time over on the Don Keithley ministry page. If you haven't joined there, join, bring your friends over and join if They're awakening to the truth. Don't bring me any evangelical fundamentalists because I'll put them out of the group. As fast as they start to argue, they're gone. We don't put up with that on that page. That's where we nurture one another, we feed one another, and we grow with one another. Thank you for being a part of the Digital Cathedral. Thank you for inviting your friends. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and hit the little bell so that you'll be notified every time that we're coming on to the Digital Cathedral. We'll see you next Sunday morning, we'll pick up uh, the, the, the fourth connector, the fourth invisible connector that is gonna complete this pattern of creation. Think about these things. Meditate on these things. Spend some quiet time. Just set yourself aside without Fox television, without the without the ball game, and just ponder these things in your heart. Let them grow and say they aren't so. God bless you, we'll see you Wednesday night, next Sunday morning, 10 a.m., Digital Cathedral. God bless you.